Welcome to Caring for Caregivers, your life support podcast, where we explore what it really means to focus on our own mental health and well-being in the face of COVID-19 and other life challenges. I'm your host, Phil Rayner, and I've been working in the behavioral health care field as a social worker, serving in clinical supervisory and management roles for over 40 years. Today, uh, we have a, a very interesting um, very interesting presenter who's agreed to join us today. I'd like to welcome Pat Tucker. Um, Pat will be speaking with us on the, uh, on the issue of informed choice. Pat has uh, more than 20 years of experience in the field of housing and employment for unhoused people. Pat, thanks so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with informed choice? Well, thanks, Phil. Um, when I'm struggling with something new, my my preferred way to resolve it is to get as much information as I possibly can. And so one of the things that I, I've done every time I'm encountering something where I don't know what the decision is, I start doing research. And I've done a lot of research around COVID. And I've also looked at why Blacks in particular are leery of our healthcare system. And so I really took a look at all of that in order to make my decision and make it the best way I can uh, with so much information out there. So when you were when you were gathering information, you know, and responding to this challenge, what did you find was particularly important in getting the kinds of information that you needed um, so you could make the best choice possible? Well, I, I really went online and I went to reputable places. Hmm. I did not pay attention to what was written on Facebook and Twitter and all of those social media because there was a lot of misinformation out there. And some of the stuff just sounded outrageous. And I went to the CDC, I went to, you know, the experts in the field, and really took a look at all the research that has been done around COVID and realized that the best way to protect myself was to go ahead and get the vaccine, because that's what the research was saying that the only way to get through this was to get the vaccinations. And so I've gotten both vaccinations and a booster. And I feel like that was the right choice for me based on all the information that I saw and looking at the stats. I know I'm a, I'm a stats geek. I love looking at statistics and looking at what each of the vaccines out there could do and how much they were promising they could do and really made a conscious decision to get a vaccine. And I decided that I wanted the Pfizer vaccine because it seemed to be the most, the most, the one that had the most bang for your buck. You were going to be protected more so with um, Pfizer. I also would have felt comfortable with Moderna, you know, looking at all of the information out there, looking at online, talking to doctors. I talked to my, my doctor who I trust and asked her questions. I've, I spent about, 
I don't know, a good two, three hours just looking stuff up online and really making sure I had the right information and not, you know, some of these conspiracies, you know, where they're talking about the fact that if you get the vaccine, people can follow you or they're they're injecting us with, you know, devices and all of that, I needed real information. And I, I knew that didn't sound right, but I still needed to go to sources and look up the information. And I also did some research on why a lot of Blacks are hesitant in running out there to get the vaccine. And I know, you know, I've had my experience with the medical field as a Black woman, and it's not always been positive. So I, I, I've i just, been a Black person in this country, I figure knowledge is power. And I'm always looking for knowledge. I really appreciate that, Pat. And I wanted to ask you a, a little bit further about that, because many Black people, rightly so, had and have misgivings and anxiety about trusting the medical establishment because of things that have happened. I mean, Mm -hmm. legitimate problems that they've encountered over the years, Um, some more famous nationally and then some in personal experience. And so what did you find helpful in identifying this as a as it being safe, you know, for yourself to pursue this? Well, I mean, it it helped to see the research. It helped to see how many people they had given the vaccines to before they were approved. It helped to see their results of giving out the vaccine. That was that was helpful to me to see other people and and some of the participants look like me. So it made me feel more comfortable. But you're looking at it with a I for trying to get the facts and not, you know, just any information because there's a lot of garbage out there and it's easy to find. It's easier to find the garbage than it is the real information. So Pat, it sounds like getting solid, valid information was really helpful for you in making that decision around vaccination. How has that been helpful in dealing with other aspects of of the pandemic, you know, whether it has to do with family get-togethers or going out to public events, um, social distancing, you know, all these different things that we're we're contending with. It 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 hasn't been easy because again, I'm from a black family. So my some of my siblings are not vaccinated and they're afraid to get vaccinated. And so it means that I'm making difficult choices, but I'm making choices based on research and based on my, you know, trying to keep me and my family safe. I've had to miss some funerals because I didn't feel comfortable being in an enclosed setting with people who haven't gotten vaccinated. And they all have their reasons why they're not vaccinated. A lot of it is based on false information. I've tried to explain to my family, you know, my research, but, you know, they, they hear, they are paying more attention to social media and other stuff out there that's not been validated. And so it's meant some difficult choices for me and my family. I, we've missed some events and I am choosing when I want to be with my family who I know are not vaccinated. If I'm going to be around them, it has to be outdoors. 
I don't feel comfortable indoors with them. And also, you know, people not wearing their mask makes me uncomfortable, uh, especially when you're indoors. So it's been tough. It's been really tough. It's also been frustrating for me trying to help some of my family members and close friends see that the vaccine is legitimate and and that it's in our best interest to to get it. I have multiple physical health issues that put me at higher risk. And so all my life, I've always turned to doing my research and trying to figure out what's the best answer for me. And, you know, going to going to people who have some answers, talking to, I talked to a friend that works at the CDC. And I know a lot of people don't have the same opportunities to talk to people like I do, but there's a lot online if you really go in and do the research. You can find out a lot of information. And it's just, you just have to read through the information and make your own decision. And it's part of what I've always done for clients. I do the same thing for myself. It's like, we want clients to get the information and make their own decision. That's always been my approach. I have to do that for myself. I have to get the information, figure out what my options are, and then make a decision. How do you handle that challenge uh, where, you know, you know the information, you share the information, you've identified it, you know it's valid, and people still are so hesitant or reluctant to move forward with, with making healthy choices, safe choices? Mm-hmm. It's been very difficult. I'm willing to share my research with people. I've talked with a lot of people, um, just trying to convince them, you know, look at the research, look at the information that's out there. And I also got my vaccination fairly early on. As soon as I could get my vaccination, I was ready. I had done my research and I went and got my vaccines. And I've also had to have those tough conversations with family members and friends saying, here's what I know, here's what I found out. And right now, all I can do is give you the information and you can do with it what you will, but I have to also make decisions to protect me and my family. And so there are some events that we don't go to. We haven't gone to a large family event in the last two years because I don't feel safe. And it helped when I went to get my vaccine that the person who gave it to me was Black and had already had her vaccine. And we talked about it there as well. We, you know, we talked about the vaccine and I got to meet in Chicago some of the staff that were just hired and their job is to go out into the black community to educate people about the vaccine and try to convince them to get the vaccine and that was it was fascinating just talking to people whose job it was to go out and try to convince people to get this for their own benefit and in their frustration of you know some people do not trust And it's hard to blame the people that don't trust because there's good reason for that. But at the same time, it's like, you don't want to be one of those statistics of people who 
didn't get the vaccine and died from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't want to find yourself and you certainly don't want to see anyone that you care about winding up on, you know, on that list of, of people going, you know, suffering through a terrible illness and, you know, heaven forbid, dying as a result of, of that illness. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pat. No, it's just, it's, it's very tough. I mean, it, it's a struggle. It's a struggle being Black in this country and having people feel like you've sold out or you are buying the hype and you're believing something that, you know, they're smart enough to not trust. So there's, there's pushback. I mean, I, I've had Black friends saying, oh, well, you don't know what's in the vaccine. And my mm -hmm. response is, I don't know what's in Tylenol. I don't know what's in acetaminophen. I take those because they help. So, you know, but I take them because I've read and I know they help. And I don't, I, I don't think we ever know what's in everything in something. I mean, we've had, I've had vaccines before as a kid. I didn't know what was in those vaccines, but I knew that those vaccines would protect me because research and others are getting it and nothing is happening to them. Now, I know there's a small chance, a very small chance that something that, you know, a couple of people have had, um, issues with the vaccine, but that's a couple out of millions. Mm. I mean, you have to look at the stats objectively and not, you know, point out the one person who had a reaction. Because if you do that, then you basically are just dismissing all the research that has been done and just going based on one person who might not have anything in common with you. So what might you say to a, um, a person whose job it is, let's say, to be a, um, a contact tracer or a community health worker who's, who's trying to provide support and education in the community mm -hmm. to help them support people in making good choices and, and protecting their health and well-being? I find different ways to get the information to people. I tell them one way, I talk about the research, but then I also make it personal and talk about my experience. I say, don't give up on people who are not vaccinated. Keep talking to them. Keep finding different ways to give the message to people because at one point they will hear but it really is about just keep saying it in different ways and keep promoting it and just keep talking about it and keep listening. I mean, we have to listen to each other. We also have to respect the fact that people don't trust. And some of the stuff that has happened in the Black community is not that long ago. I mean, my grandmother had to deal with some of this. My great-grandmother and great-grandparents had to deal with this. So it's not that far back in our history that, you know, we have not trusted the medical field. So it's going to take people a while to earn that trust again. But it's I, I also will point to the medical field and say that, I think in the medical field, we need to do some work on implicit bias because I doctors, 
I've challenged my doctors and I do not go to the doctor and just, they tell me what to do and I walk away and say, okay. I ask questions, I ask for options, I ask, you know, is this my only option? Or is there some other way that I can deal with this? I need to know all the information. And so don't just give me, here, do this and you'll be okay. Why? Why is that my best choice? Are there other choices? Tell me the pros and cons of the other choices. I, and so when I go to my doctor, it is not just me sitting there listening and walking out and doing everything she's told me to do. It's about me playing an active, active role in my healthcare and asking questions. Even though they may sometimes be stupid questions, they're my questions. And it's to make me feel comfortable with the direction we're going. I think that's such a great point, Pat. It, it, it sounds like along with really um, researching solid information, um, it sounds like being a strong, assertive health advocate and being able to do that, even meeting with your healthcare providers has been an important piece of this. Absolutely. And I encourage people, your doctor is there to answer questions and to to help you make decisions and to give you information. Don't hesitate to ask them difficult questions. You know, I even had a discussion with my doctor about whether or not she got vaccinated. And, you know, she was like, yeah, I did get vaccinated, but, and here's why I got vaccinated. And, you know, having those discussions with healthcare is important. I have to be able to trust my doctor. And if I can't trust my doctor, then I need to get another doctor. I'm wondering, Pat, I know that you have really extensive expertise in working with the homeless community and, and people who are not adequately housed. Mm -hmm. Are there any, um, any suggestions or recommendations that you would make for people who are working in that community now or maybe living in that community now in being able to protect their health and well-being as they're facing COVID now? It is incredibly important. And I've also been talking to the staff about the fact that they need to have hand sanitizer and masks and all of those readily available for people, you know, when they come. We have to model the behavior and help people understand that this is important and why it's important. And also listen to them. At the same time, understand where they're coming from. It can't be a one-sided conversation where I, the staff person, am doing all the talking and expect them to do all the listening. I need to know what their concerns are. What are their concerns about getting vaccinated? And I've had some people say, you know, I'm on this med, this med, and will it affect me because I'm taking all these other medications? How will this interact with those medications? And also I've had people say, well, how am I supposed to be keep six feet of distance when I'm on the street and I'm living you know, in an encampment? It's a good point, you can't. And, you know, just telling people do what you can and making sure they have masks and hand sanitizer. I know a lot of the nonprofits have it at the desk and give out the mask uh, on a regular basis, but just making sure people have access to that 
and not, you know, thinking that we can't give away a mask because we already gave him a mask today. If he lost a mask, it's not that big of a deal. Give him another mask. Even if we have to give out five masks a day, it's worth it to protect that person and everybody else. A lot of times staff are, you know, especially in nonprofits, we, there's not a lot of money. And, you know, people are operating on very slim budgets. But if we don't make sure that all the resources are there for the clients, then we're not doing our job. So, Pat, in having, in having gone through this experience so far, as you know, we're continuing, obviously, to go through this, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you feel will be helpful for you as you continue going forward into the future? And, and even at that point when we've been able to put COVID behind us? Yeah, I think one, I've learned to, I've learned a lot more about my immediate family and feel closer to them than ever before. So, and also some friends that I had lost touch with because we got too busy. I've been able to connect with some good friends. And I, so there are some positives that have come out of this and come out of having COVID as a, you know, to deal with. I've had a chance to just talk with friends and family and not, you know, talk about important stuff and not just, you know, the, what's going on in my life, but really having some important dialogues. It's also taught me to not take for granted people. They're not going to always be there. And so I've learned to have more of an appreciation and to say to people, I love you which is not always easy for me. I didn't grow up in an environment where I love you came out all the time. We knew it was there, but we didn't hear it. We just knew it was there. But saying that to people and meaning it and you know, letting people know how much they mean to me has been something that I hadn't done in the past. And I realized that I need to be able to say that to people and let them know how important they are in my life and what they mean to me. And so those are the benefits that I've gotten out of COVID is just really, you know, not assuming that people know I love them, saying it, letting people know how important they are, letting people know how much they've helped me or how things could have been different if they weren't a part of my life. So really learning to show appreciation for others and to tell people my feelings and not assume that they know, it's been really helpful and, and really helped me in my personal growth. I mean, sometimes they need to hear it. I mean, things, we need the positives. So, you know, that's the other thing in all of this is looking for the positives, trying not to always look at the glass as half empty, but sometimes the ability to look at the glass and say, we're very fortunate. We have a family, I have a family that loves me and cares about me. And I have friends that I can talk to. And, you know, not everybody has that. And so just being able to look at what I have and not comparing myself to everybody else. I mean, I think in the past, 
it was always trying to keep up with somebody or trying to, and it's not about that anymore. It's about what do I need to be happy? And how do I help myself to be happy? And that's been my focus is what, what can I do for myself and taking self-care to a next level and not just talking about it, but actually, you know, doing some really big things for me that are self-care, like, you know, getting in touch with people, talking to people and being able to listen to people differently with, you know, I can, I can see your point. I can see where you're coming from. I, I understand it. It makes a big difference. So the self-care is crucial as well. And I know I have to lean a lot on the self-care because I'm a natural caretaker. Pat, you've talked about the importance of gathering really solid, valid information and making decisions and choices uh, around self-care and, and, and health and safety. You've talked about the importance of advocacy and being able to be assertive in advocating for your needs and the needs of your, of your clients. You've talked about the, the importance of having meaningful relationships and communicating you know, at, at a deeper level with the people that you care about and, and valuing those relationships. And, and then you've, you know, you've talked about the importance of really looking at self-care in a more comprehensive and deeper way. If people were interested in resources that they could turn to along any of those areas, is there anything that you would recommend or suggest that people look into to learn more about those ideas? So, I mean, each one of those is a powerful mm -hmm. idea. We could, we could spend an hour <laughs> talking about any one of them, you know? <laughs> uh, well, as far, yeah, as far as the research, I started off with the CDC. I mean, that was, I started there and started reading there. And that took me to a lot of other places um, because you can go in and look at the actual research you can look at. And then they also have their sources. So I would look at the sources that they used. And that was helpful. The CDC being the Center for Centers the, for Disease Control. Yes, absolutely. So starting with that and, you know, and looking at these are scientists and researchers and looking at the science and the research and, and really understanding that has helped. That's great, Pat. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all the information that you shared today. I think this is tremendously helpful. And I appreciate um, our listeners for, uh, for connecting with us today. And Thank you all very much. Pat, this has been great. Thanks for your input. Yeah, thanks, Phil. It's been, it's been awesome talking to you. So thank you. Help is here. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or substance use concerns, contact 1-833-TO-FIND-HELP. This podcast is produced by Advocates for Human Potential, and supported wholly or in part through an emergency COVID-19 grant to the Illinois Department of Human Services, Division of Substance Use Prevention and Recovery from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. The sentiments expressed in this podcast are not endorsed by any of these involved entities.